we see young elders come in, uh, it means that we're growing. It means that God is doing stuff in us. Uh, it it kind of feels like the whole world is stalling with this COVID thing. And, and I don't think we've been called to do that as a church. Um, and so I'm going to speak around this amazing topic of seeking discomfort tonight. So break, put your seatbelts on. Not even joking. That's what we're going to talk about. I know, some, I've lost people already. But I'm, I'm th- I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of the woe is me attitude in the church. I'm tired of Oaks just lying a little protein. Look, I don't know it's devastating. and I've lost friends in that too. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay the seriousness of it. But I, I still believe God is bigger than COVID. I believe His church is more powerful. And, it, and, and then this is the moment where the church can rise up and actually make a difference. <laughs> in the good times when things are going badly, it's, it's hard to shine. When things are going pear-shaped, oaks are full of fear, there's death everywhere. That is where the hope of Jesus Christ can come and shine right through. That's where the love of Jesus can shine through. That's where you and I, just normal, I'm a normal person with lots of problems, and by God's grace, He's doing something in me. This is our moment that the Holy Spirit that's living in us, I think someone said it this evening, that raised Christ from the dead is living in us, and He is powerful. Okay, at least I'm getting shakes or something. It's awesome. It's like, and so tonight I want to speak about discomfort and seeking it and actually going out of our way to find it. Uh, I don't know if you know, there's a small movie series called The Lord of the Rings. I don't know if anyone's watched that. It's, yeah, <laughs> just, I'm trying to joke and have fun and, and stuff. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien uh, is quoted in the books in saying this. He says this, it's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out of your door. You step into the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. In other words, he's going, if you leave your house on an adventure, it's going to be scary. You're going you're to find hobbits and, I don't know, all those other guys, I don't know, trolls. Are there trolls in that? I don't know. I can't remember now. I've watched them so many years ago. Probably not. Hey? Yes, they're going out. I know that far. And then they've got those guys, the fairy ones and all of those things. Anyways. And there's spiders, and there's cliffs, and there's those org things, which are really horrible looking. And, uh, but Frodo goes with Sam Jam, or whatever his name is, and they go, and they find the ring, and they save the world. It's awesome, but they go through like three movies of craziness, you know. And it's like, as Christians, we have the greatest adventure at our feet. It's like, his name is Jesus. And he came to give us life. He came to give us hope. He came to give us something of his remnant in us so we can go into this world that is lost and failing and change it. And all we got to do really is step out of our front door. Or all we got to do is walk up to a stranger and go, hey man, I don't know if you know Jesus, but I do this quite a lot actually in restaurants. I don't know if you know about Jesus, but it's going to be weird for you. But I, I love Jesus and he's telling me something about you. Can I share a prophetic word with you, and they look at you like, what? And then you speak the prophetic word, and they start crying, because God's power is working, and they're going, what the heck is this? Is it witchcraft or any? No, no, it's not definitely what witchcraft, opposite to that. Other side of the, and in a restaurant, they're crying, and then, then another guy comes, and then that, that is very uncomfortable, and very scary, because if you get it wrong, they're going to think you're a real weirdo, <laughs> and you just tip them big, and then, you know, we're like, so I want to ask you this, how, in the last, couple months how, how many of us have gone out of a way to be uncomfortable but for Christ one person two people not that crazy 
I think God wants to do that in every one of us tonight. So 20 years ago plus, I got into rock climbing, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Did some crazy stuff. Also, almost died a few times because it'll push the limits a little bit too much. I'm like that kind of guy, you know. And uh, I started solo climbing, which means there's no ropes, no protection, nothing. Got married. Abby didn't like that at all. She's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that. We're going to be married to you for quite a while. Um, and so I stopped climbing and eventually just lost track of it and uh, I stopped. 20 years later, uh, the other day, some guys joined our church and uh, well, they're looking in at the east. And I'm like, so what do you guys do? Because uh, I try to find what the guys are doing and then I try to do it. And then I make friends, friendships with them and then... They kind of pulled into the congregation, and God does stuff. And they said, climbing, don't you want to come with us? We're going to an indoor climbing, rock climbing place down the road on Monday night. So I pulled in there. Oh, the bug bit again. Climbed, I sucked. Uh, like, they laughed at me. I think they pointed at one stage because I was so weak. And uh, went back on Thursday, took my son with me. He turned 14 on Friday, actually. He got into the bug bit, him, and now him and I, like, we are climbing like three times a week. It's awesome. So I'm getting strong again, losing some weight, getting strong. You know how uncomfortable it is to climb? It's horrible because you've got to wear these shoes that are so tight that my toes, my, the top of my toes lose blood flow, and they go numb. It's weird. You On the rock, you're, I mean, all these marks, I think, are they still here? I've got marks all over my arms from climbing and sticking my hands and things, and it's so uncomfortable. It's so not cool. I mean, when you, you, my hands wake, when I wake up in the morning, my hands are sore the day after. You know, my arms are sore. My shoulders are sore. But you know the cool thing that gets you is, as hard as it is, when you get that route and you climb to the top and it's challenging living daylights out of you and you're thinking, there's no possibility that I'm going to get up there, but you do it. There's nothing greater. There's no greater feeling than summiting. There's, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Like, or if you're a cyclist, there's no greater feeling of riding a hard cycle or a runner or a surfer getting the big wave. And you, it's, you're getting pummeled, but you get that one wave that just curls over you. There's nothing greater than putting yourself out there and then reaping the reward. And then you keep on going back and you keep on pushing harder. And, you keep, and I think our Christianity has got to be like that. The more we hunger for God, the more we eat of Him and drink of Him, the Word of God says, the more we thirst and hunger for Him. It's like... It's like God wants to stir up a passion for Him tonight in us, for His kingdom, for those people that are, getting, that are dying to a lost eternity. One of my oldest wives said the other day is, we can't wait for COVID to finish before we do evangelism. People are dying now. And when she said that, I was like, Flip, that, is, that is true. Like people need Jesus now, not after COVID's gone. And so I really feel like God is wanting to shake up the church. And, and guys, we can't be looking at two years down the line or whatever it is. We've got to be looking now, going, Jesus, how can you use me now? Where can I step out of my comfort zone now? How can I be, be uncomfortable for you now? So Will Murray is going to be preaching next service. He's going to be putting, pulling in the, de- um, the elders and praying for them. He's got eight to 12 months to live. He's my father-in-law. The doctor gave him the really bad news the other day that he's probably got eight months left to live. You know how sore he is right now. This morning he sat on the stage and preached because he couldn't stand up. He got on a motorbike and drove five hours to be with us this weekend. How kip is that? That is seeking discomfort beyond what you're wanting for the glory of Christ. I left my son's 14th birthday. I wasn't there on Friday driving up here. I knew it hurt him. But I said to him, man, if I go, we're building the kingdom of God together. Can I go, please? 
I know I'm going to miss your birthday. We can celebrate on Monday, but let me go. And you with me. We're getting out of our comfort zone. We're missing family time because we have a passion for the, for the church. Does it make sense? Am I losing you? Sorry, it's hard to see through the masks. And I don't know, who, I don't know you guys so well, so I don't know. Anyways, so, so one of the main reasons why I stopped climbing, I'll get into some scripture now, is um, I was doing this really hard climb in Silvermine. It's just the top of Plumstead in Cape Town. And it was quite a hard grade. Uh, on layman's terms, it's kind of where the professionals would climb. It's really hard, like really, really, really hard. A, f- a top percent of the people in the country could climb those grades. And I, I, when I was in my early 20s, I got to that, that place. And I was climbing really hard. And one day, <clears throat> I broke my own rule. I had someone belay me, which is um, someone's on the ground, the harness, the rope goes through them. You climb up the, up the mountain, you put in the protection, and if you fall, they hold you. And I broke my own rule. I said to myself, I'll never let someone belay me that I don't know. And that day, I was so zealous to get on the rock. I didn't know this one checkie that was there. And I said, hey, just belay me because my friends are busy. I want to get up this, this climb. And I almost got to the top. I had a hand jam in, put in my protection, pulled up the rope. And you, sometimes you've got to pull quite hot if you're running out. It's quite, as I clipped in, something happened. I fell. And I fell the length of the rope, I fell the stretch of the rope, and I literally, my head landed, and it was probably a 30-meter cliff, landed by her knee. And I got really hurt, rope through my leg, bleeding, broken, and that messed me up. That, that fear of falling <laughs> messed me up. I actually stopped climbing. Even today, I, as soon as I get to the bolt and I clip in, I'm like, ah, if I've got to go past it. And I think something like that happens in our spiritual life. We try to minister to people, we try to get out of our comfort zones, or we open up a home, or we try to bless someone with money who's asking, and then we get hurt, and that fear comes in, and there's a resistance, and then we push away, and before we know it, we're so fat and lazy spiritually that we're not helping anybody. And I had to get over my fear, and I'm getting over my fear right now, actually, which is quite cool, and I'm starting to climb hard again, harder and harder, and I'm telling you now, one day I'm going to be able to get through that thing without even thinking. And I think for, for spiritual like, things, we've got to get there. Like, if people have hurt you, people have hurt you. You know that you can't fail giving the gospel to someone. Do you know that? So even if I go, hey, man, do you know Jesus? And he goes, get away from me. I hate you, crazy Christian. But you've told him, hey, Jesus loves you. He came to die for you. You know, the seed is planted. That's all we ask to do. All we ask to do is plant the seed. It's up to him to, <laughs> to receive it or not. But, man, egg on his face because you've got the gospel in you now. And God's going to get you one day. But we don't realize that. Like, someone's horrible to us. And we, oh, someone's horrible to me. I don't want to share the gospel. Come on, guys. You know, like, it's been too hard. I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Just, just raise the eyebrow or something. And so, <laughs> human nature, <laughs> human nature is to find the easiest path and take it. Human nature is to find the, 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 the path of least resistance. I feel like God's called us to go opposite to that. Because we're not living for this world. We're living for eternity. We're living for his kingdom. We're living for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're living for the love and grace that he's given us. And so let's look at a few people that have seeked discomfort in the Bible. Well, let's start with David, uh, who didn't. So in 2 Samuel 11, verses 1 and 2. Are you going to put it up there, dude? Whoa, that was quick. Um, It says, in the spring of the year, the time the kings were out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him. And all of Israel, um, and they went out to the Ammonites. But David remained in Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch 
and he was walking on the roof of the king's house. He saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. The point I want to try without you, comfort is cool to have it, but it can be quite dangerous as well. And so what we're seeing here is David is supposed to be somewhere else. He's supposed to be fighting battles. He's supposed to be the king leading the nation, but he chooses to take a holiday. He chooses to rest. He chooses to, to send someone else in his place. But what that does is it sets him up for the greatest failure of his, of his rule, actually. He should have been where God wanted him to be, but he wasn't. And that happens to us so easily. When we become comfortable, we're sitting, and we're doing it for our own thing, there's an opportunity for us to fall and fall away from what God is wanting. The Word of God says in another place, the devil is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. In other words, he is looking. He knows what your buttons are. He knows what my buttons are. He knows what your buttons are. And he's looking. Even tonight, he's going, whose buttons can I push? Who can, who can, who can I offend through what Brett says or something, his nuance, or he does something that maybe is not traditional? Or who? And he's looking. And the thing about Christianity is this, and this is what makes me excited and terrified at the same time. We can never take a break, ever. We have to be on a game all the time. We have to be pushing into Jesus all the time. We need to be relying on the Holy Spirit all the time. The Word of God says, be sober-minded and alert. <laughs> because he's looking, and that's tiring. Um, who's been a Christian yet for like less than a year? Put up your hand quickly. Less than two years. Less than three years. Oh, we're doing well. Less than five years. Wow, you've got some mature guys here. Less than six years, 10 years. Okay, less than 10 years. So, okay, we got to, okay, 10 years, okay, decade. Who's been less than 20 years? Oh, okay, so we got some less than 30 years. Hmm. Less than 40 years. Oh, one old guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So you know, those guys have been walking with the Lord for a long time. I gave my life to Jesus a long time ago, like 1985. When is that? How many years ago is that? 30, 35, 36 years? For 36 years of my life, I've been fighting for Jesus. And I haven't given up yet. Because I wouldn't be standing in front of you, right? It's tiring. And so I want to just, I know I'm going too long here, but we've got to fight against discomfort. It really can get us into trouble. And we saw with David, it did. And, and when the Israelites rested badly, it got them into trouble. When, and I see it in my pastoral loads, in walking with people. As soon as we kind of just try, the devil comes in and, he, you know, and, and we've got to seek discomfort. We've got to push for what God wants and not for what we want. So we look at Peter uh, in his life. In John 21, verses 1 to 25. You can go read it for yourself. John 21. He's just, um, he's just portrayed Jesus. He's not feeling so good about himself. And it's interesting what he does. He's just walked the planet with Jesus, the Son of God. And instead of living in the resurrection life as an apostolic figure in the church, he goes back to being a fisherman. It's crazy. It's like he's been walking with Jesus. He's one of Jesus' closest three. He's like... He's like, like the inner circle of the inner circle, you know. And he's seen Jesus in all his glory and all his might. And he wobbles and he messes up. And the first thing he does is he runs back to comfort, what he knows, rather than stepping into the apostolic role that Christ wanted him to. Yo, 
So if it can happen for Peter, it can happen for us, right? It's crazy, man. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel 3, verses 16 to 19. Uh, maybe we could, oh, jeez, boo, you are quick tonight. Huh? Can, you, can you come to Israel and train my guys? No, just good. Don't tell them I said that. I'm in trouble. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, you have no need to answer, uh, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hands. But if not, <laughs> I love this. Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And we know the story. He makes the furnace seven times hotter that the guys that are thrown the wood in burn to death. It's a crazy story. So you get these three guys, they're in exile. They've been stolen from their land. They're trying, to, they're trying to be forced to serve a foreign god. What do they do? Do they choose comfort or do they choose discomfort? Sorry? I heard someone say the right answer. Discomfort. Everybody else, every single person is bowing to Nebuchadnezzar except for three oaks. Think about it. Put yourself back there. <laughs> like all the oaks are like, no, oh, just get down. I mean, can you imagine? Yay, yay, get down. Can you not down, you know, like, think about it. Think about it. if someone comes in, you have the gun now, says, anybody that gives up Jesus and denies him will live. Those who don't will die now. Would you be the one standing? I'm not going to sit. Sorry, I, I thought this was going to be funner. <laughs> I don't know. It just feel, feels all of a sudden like, raw. Yeah, 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 super awkward. We'll get, hopefully we'll get happier as we go. <laughs> but these young guys, they don't. They're like, King Negri, we will not. And our God can save us. But what I love about their faith is even if he doesn't, we are not going to bow down to you. If there's any place in the Bible where they're just seeking discomfort, it's that place. And then the story is amazing. It is. It's just, they get thrown in the furnace. All of a sudden, there's four guys and not three. I believe that's the Holy Spirit, or Jesus at least. They come out of the furnace. Nebuchadnezzar says, what? what is going on here? And then he goes, that God, we're going to serve that God. Anybody speaks against their God, they're going to get thrown into the furnace. Everyone's like, oh, we should have stood. You know, like, oh, I chose the wrong side. It's a crazy story. And I, I don't know about you, but I want to be guys like that. I want to be a guy like that. Um, Amazing. Paul, uh, can I just, I have to read this because this is ridiculous. This is like 2 Corinthians 11, 25 to 30. Let's just read this quickly. I'm trying to get my head around this, but this is Paul, Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Day, uh, a day and a night, I was adrift at sea on frequent, journey, uh, on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, in danger for robbers, in danger from my own people, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger with the city, in danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and in hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there was a daily pressure on me for my anxiety for all the churches. Please, Lord, let me be like, yeah, that guy. He's cool. Like, if there's any guy I want to be like, that's a guy. 
Yeah, you read that and you think, dear Lord, what? What? And he never lost it. He, to the very end, he loved Jesus, proclaimed him, built a church. Yeah. Are you getting where I'm going with this? At least we're smiling a little bit. I'm seeing like smiles. Okay, it's getting a bit better. See, God's calling us to be Paul's, and he's calling us to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's. He's not calling us to be spiritually fat Christians pew warming on a Sunday. That came out quite hard as well. Something's happening here tonight. I'm so, this is probably my last time coming, but I love you, Steve. But it's just, I think it's God's heart. Think about this. Okay, let's attack you. When Jesus was hanging on the cross for us, for you and for me, when he is nailed through his hands and feet, bleeding from every place, back ripped up, crown of thorns on him, beard pulled out, oaks were mocking him, giving him vinegar to drink, mocking sign on top of him. Do you think he was comfortable hanging there? No. It was the most horrific way to die. Die by suffocation. You basically drown in your own fluid because you can't keep your, your lungs open. And then he looks around at people that hate him, you and me included, at one stage in our lives. And he says to the Father, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And then he says, it's finished. And he gives his life for you and for me. <laughs> That's such a beautiful picture. Another place in the Bible says, Jesus looked past the cross. He looked past the cross. So the glory beyond the cross. It's beautiful. Eh? And you know what, guys? If you're say that you're a Bible-believing, spiritual Christian tonight. That's what you've chosen. And that's what you chose when you chose to follow Jesus. And as Will said this morning, I agree with him, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. When, I, when, I, when we were younger, I was quite a bad parent, I think. Um, my kids were very small, so we'd go to like the crazy store in these very cheap toy shops, and we would buy them like 300 toys because they were so cheap so christmas that would be just opening wrappers the whole day you know but the problem with that is the next day they're so cheap they're all broken <laughs> see the gospel's not like that the gospel is absolutely free for anybody that wants it but it's not cheap it will never be broken it'll never be taken away it is the power to salvation for all of those who believe it'll give eternity hope faith it's something eternal. It's something powerful. It's something that they're all trying to wrap their mind around. So if Jesus, who's the greatest servant of all, came to do that, I think we're called to be seeking discomfort ourselves. I need to land this somewhere along the line here. <clears throat> just, just um, where should I go? I'm going to try to cut some stuff out here. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Can you jump down to that scripture? Thanks, bud. Jesus says, um, Enter by the narrow gate, for gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. See, when it comes to God's kingdom... 
it's totally opposite to the kingdom that we live in. Think about this. So you spoke about saving today. Um, if you want to save money, okay, I'm going to maybe contradict you a little bit here, but get my heart. The world says, hoard, 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 hoard. Don't share. Don't be kind. Don't do all that. And then you can be rich. What did Jesus say? If you want to save, you've got to give. He says, if those that hate you come, it's not an eye for an eye anymore. What is it? It's love your enemies. Give them water and food and pray for them. You see, the kingdom of God is totally opposite to what we used to. <laughs> and that's why it's so hard sometimes to get our minds around it. And so even when I'm going, yeah, Brad, you're telling me to seek discomfort. It doesn't seem like the rest of the world is wanting that. And if you go back to that scripture, that's exactly what it's saying. There's a wide road and you're welcome to follow it. Everybody's going down that road. Everyone's jumping off a cliff to a sudden death. Everyone's doing it. It's probably not the best thing. But there's a narrow way. His name is Jesus. With a very hard road to, to walk. Very hard things to give up. We've got to die to self every day. But that is the way that leads to eternal life. See, Christianity shouldn't be easy. <laughs> Should be different. And it's, 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 it's the way we position our heart is, God, any place, any time, anywhere, I just want to serve you. I want to love you. Whatever you say, whatever you do, whatever Stephen, the eldest, tell, tell me to do, I'm going to do it because I love you so much and I love your kingdom. It, 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 you know, like... I came on this trip because this is probably my last time that I can ride back with my father-in-law. If he's only got eight months to go, this is my last trip with him. And this is what we do together. We ride bikes together. We love it. Love it. It's not fun riding a bike for five hours. <laughs> it's sore. You know, and that, that's kind of the heart. That's like, and I want to live my Christian life like that. And I want to leave you with a few things. I just want to end with the climbing illustration climbing illustration again and so getting back to climbing um there's four practical things i want to leave with you very quickly as we seek discomfort first thing is this <clears throat> the footing is so important when you're climbing the footing is so important i talked i talked about those uncomfortable shoes but what those shoes do is they give you extraordinary amount of grip on very very small grips that rubber is so sticky that man the other day my son and i literally i'm not even lying we're trying to we're trying to put our fingers on a grip this big, literally on a very flat wall. We spread out, and those shoes are holding. And, and when it comes to our spiritual life, our footing is everything. It's where do we stand with the Lord? Where do we stand with each other? If we're loving God and loving people, if we're in the Word, and the Word is a light into our feet and a light into our path, you know, it's the footing. It's, God, I'm standing. I'm, I'm getting ready. Whatever you want from me, it's so important. To put those shoes on, it's so important to grip. And, and it grips our lives. The Word of God got to grip our lives. The Spirit of God has got to grip our lives. Loving one another. Love Michael. I haven't seen him for a long time, but I love him. Every time I see him, I fall in love with him in a non-boyfriend way, obviously. But it's like, he grips my life, and I want to just see him growing into the, into the likeness of Christ and what he's doing. You know, it's, Our footing is so important. If we're running away from God, he's never going to use us. Sorry, I got a little bit passionate there. But footing is so important. So my question is, do you have the right shoes on right now for what God is calling you into? 
might be running shoes, might be climbing shoes, it might be dancing shoes, might be dress up shoes. But are you positioned? Is your footing ready and right for God to use you as you seek discomfort? Second thing is this friends are super important. You might be thinking, what have friends got to do with climbing? Well, there's these camming devices that open and close on a, on a little thing. And you, when you're climbing, um, traditional climbing, you're finding cracks and lookies in the, in, the, in the rock. I wish I'd brought them. I didn't think I was going to preach this preach. So sorry, I changed my mind at the last moment. But uh, you normally stick it in the, in the rock and the cam opens and it, and it bites, you know. And you can put a car on that thing. That's how, that's how much weight that thing can take. And you clip your rope into that. And if you fall, it takes your fall. They're called climbing friends because they save your life. And they get into the, the cracks. They get into the nitty-gritty. They get into the thing. And so when it comes to getting out of our comfort zones, our footing is important, but our friends are important in our lives as well. They've got to get into the, every single crack of us. <laughs> and when they get in there, they can stop you from actually self-destructing. So a good friend is this, Steve. You know I love you. But man, I saw you, how you spoke to that person the other day. And you didn't do this. This is uh, me play rolling, just in case you're wondering. And I saw you're super angry with him. Now, he, as a friend, I'm coming to him going, Bri, I'm seeing something in you that's going to stop Jesus from working through you. That's a good friend. Rather than, oh, just let him do a thing. He might be upset with me. I speak to him. We need friends to actually point out our faults. We need friends to get into the cracks of our hearts when there's high in us. They need to be the ones gripping us going, Brett, get off your, your whatever you own. No, Phil's like that. I don't know if you know Phil, but guess that guy. Every time I'm with him, he's like, oh, I love it. He makes me a better person, you know. And so footing, friends, and then fingers are super important. I sucked to climbing because I wasn't using my fingers. You can only be a good climber if you get on your fingers and you use your fingers and you hang on your fingers and you hurt your fingers. That's one of the only sports that if you don't climb, you're not going to be a good climber. And so the point is this, if God's calling you to do something, do it. Being a deacon, being elders that are going to be prayed in, being home group leaders. Someone very friendly welcomed me at the door tonight. And I was like, I feel so loved. So just practice what God's asking you to do. Get off your seats. Get off your comfort zone. Get out and just do it, man. I'm telling you now, if I know Steve, and I think I know Steve, he's not going to, he doesn't want you to come and ask him. Like if it's a big thing, maybe ask him. But he wants you to run for Jesus and love Jesus and run after people and just do your thing. And if you do go wobbly, he'll pull you back and he'll love on you. And you'll say, hey, maybe we're going to do it that way. Do it this way, right? I hope I'm right. Okay, good. Sure. And then lastly, um, so it's footing, friends, fingers, and fun. There's nothing better than seeing someone come to the Lord. And the Holy Spirit fills them, and they're growing in Christ. And they start impacting somebody else and getting out of their comfort zones, and those people come to Christ. And, and just people having fun and doing life together and loving each other and worshiping and breaking bread. And, and every time I've got to the top of a mountain, you look back, and sometimes I'm climbing for eight hours a day or whatever it is, those long trad climbs, traditional climbs. And you get to the top and you open your flask and you sip a coffee and you have a rusk and you say to your friend, well done, bud, we survived today. <laughs> oh, we conquered this mountain. There's nothing better. And that pain, the blood that you've left on the rock and the feet that are sore and the muscles that are aching, it just, they dissolve because there's this euphoria that comes, this excitement, there's this victory that comes with hardship 
and getting up something that you shouldn't be getting up. And so I want to encourage us today, and I know this is Andrew's heart as well. We don't want to build a church of pew warmers. We want to build a church of active people who love Jesus, that don't want what they want, but they want what Jesus wants. And so I want to encourage you to step out. Step out. Love Jesus. <laughs> so now there's a, there's a young man, is it Sean, in the morning congregation. He's great. He went to the point yesterday. And he just put up a billboard and a loudspeaker and told people about Jesus. Did you hear about that? It was a Sean. It was Sean. He's got these t- he made these t-shirts like talk about Jesus or something. So they met yesterday, you know. They had 11,500 comments on their Facebook page by this morning. He said every single person that came by was hooting, tooting. One lady ran, one guy ran to his work, got his colleague from work. Told the boss, listen, we got to go, brought her back, and they prayed for her. I'm like, what? That's a gift. You Sean, done. You Sean, that Sean guy. You know, with the cap and the. Yeah, you know, Sean May, that guy. And you're like, you look at him, you're like, you shouldn't be doing stuff like that, but he is. Look at that. And then he says, no, he's looking for a sound system. And he goes to game, and the guy in game says, no, there's no sound systems with a battery operated thing in the whole of the country. So he goes, oh. <laughs> it's so cool. And then he's like, are you sure? And the guy looks on the computer. No, there's one in the whole country, and it's Yan Mossel Bay. No ways. <laughs> no, serious. No, and, like, you must tell you the story because he did much better than me because it's his story. But, and then he goes, and then, and then the guy goes, okay, wait here. And he takes three of his oaks, and they go through the whole w- warehouse, and they find the one sound system that will work for him yesterday in the whole of the country in Mossel Bay. And it was on the cheaper because they forgot about it. It's been sitting there for like year upon year upon year. So it was like super cheap. And then he pays for it, he says, without money that he didn't have. I don't know how that works. You're obviously, credit card or something. I don't want to get him into trouble. But. And then the next day, he gets the exact amount of money from somebody that he didn't tell anything about the sound system. They paid for the sound system. I'm thinking, that is awesome. That is flipping awesome. I'm allowed to say flipping. I did. And he's pumped. He's standing here at this microphone this morning, just like, Jesus is amazing. Please get involved. I can see you actually like, oh, dear Lord. But that's what God's calling us to do. And so hopefully I've been challenged. Hopefully God's challenged you and encouraged you. And I, can, I pray for, can I pray for us? And then we'll end and we can go cry and you can do some pastoral work this week. So so much I love you, bro. I just want to leave a remnant uh, with you. And so, but thank you for letting me come. And I, I, just something on my heart, you know, like, 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 guys, we can't wait. Let's just do this thing, man. Um, and we just, I'm just a normal person with lots of problems. Ask my wife. She'll tell you to the degree of how bad I am. And all my failings. And, but she loves me, I think. And, uh, and God has, for some reason, chosen to use us. And it's amazing. And if I can do it, you can do it. And so, Father, thank you for this time. Please, Lord, um, just pour your spirit upon us. And Lord, more than that, like, just cause a hunger and a thirst to to, just boil in us again tonight. Lord, for those who might be far from you, that you would just come and just love on them right now in this moment. That you start pouring your spirit back in them. Start igniting their hearts for you. Lord, there would be that hunger that stirs. Lord, where there might be fear, that you'll take that fear away. You'll fill it with boldness and courage. 
Lord, that you'll give us words beyond our ability. Give us insight beyond our insight. Lord, that you'll open up doors for those around us just to, to be impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ because of what you've done in us. Amazing King. Glorious Lord. Could I ask, sorry, while I as I closed, and just, just, I might have heard this Holy Spirit there for a moment. But is there anyone here that has a deep passion for being an evangelist, but you just haven't been able to quite step out yet? I feel like there might be someone here. You just, there's something in you stopping you, like an anchor that's weighing you down. Just feel like to pray with you quickly. Is there someone like that? Do you like, you want to, yes, thank you, amazing. Anyone else? Do you like, got that burning passion? Jesus haven't stood out yet. Anyone else? Okay, I think, yeah, come on. Anyone else? Let's just pray for you quickly. I really just feel like God's going to do something significant. So maybe some ladies, uh, I don't know, lady leaders, I don't know where you are, young lady at the back in the pink. If you can just maybe just obviously keep your masks on, just lay hands on her for us. And this young man over here, uh, oh man, I forget your name now, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. Just um, if you can just go around them. Just gonna just just spend a few moments just praying and just trusting, um, Father, for these two amazing um, hearts, Lord, who want to see the gospel message into people's lives and for them to be saved and transformed and become children of God. Lord, I really want to pray right now that as they as they respond tonight, that you'll shift something in their heart, in their spirit. Father, that you'll give them a boldness and a courage like never before. Lord, that you will just, yeah, that you'll just, oh Lord, that it'll be like the floodgates of heaven when it comes to your mercy and grace will just be poured upon them. Lord, their hearts will break for those around them, those family members, those friends, even random strangers on the street, God. And Lord, that you will give them just the ability to win hearts for you. So right now, whatever's holding them back, whatever lies have been spoken over them, whatever disappointments they've had in the past, Lord, that right now, that you'll cut that stuff off, God. Lord, that you just fill them with your life. And Lord, I'll be, oh, we'll be so stoked when I come back for another visit in a couple or whatever. Lord, we're here of this person came to the Lord because of them. This person came to the Lord. And Lord, there'll be a, a great, 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 fruit that comes out of even this evening, Lord. Lord, I pray for those around them, those friends and family, Lord, that they'll just spur them on to share the good news with those around them. Amazing, Lord. Amazing, Lord. So we're going to trust with you that God will use you guys. Amazing, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome, Lord. Amazing, amazing.